What's up, everybody, and welcome to Bear With Us. I'm Jordan Jensen. Joe Blansky. And today's podcast is about quarterbacks. Again, it feels like if you're a Bears fan, we've been having this conversation forever. I mean, I'm I'm only 22, and it feels like it's been happening every year I've been alive. And then it's happened for 30 years before that, and it's, it's we've never really had an answer at quarterback in this offseason is no different. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy said that say that they believe in Mitch and they support Mitch and he's going to be a starter next year. Everyone else says, bullshit. <laughs> They're, yeah, I can see through your lies, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. We know you're meeting with quarterbacks at the combine. We know you're trying to add a veteran to quote unquote compete. And by compete, I think it's wink, wink. All right. Yeah, you're going to be a starter depending on which guy that is. Um, and so, Joe, yeah, Joan, we were just talking about how there are so many quarterbacks, period, that are going to be moving and available this offseason that it's absolutely insane. So usually there's like two or three available quarterbacks you could talk about. There are like 10 or so, if you know, even more if you include the draft that the Bears could potentially add. Yep, and I mean, because like two, because, yeah, for those of you who don't know, this is attempt number two. We promise <laughs> it will be just as good as attempt number one. But, yeah, I still have I, – I, I brought out that Trib article with, like, all of the different tiers. And it's like – There's a Yeah, ton. before before even looking in the draft, there's, like, 15 people available. Now, granted, some of those names, more likely than not, wouldn't happen. But – Right. They're, you know, their names – there's possibilities out there, right? Like, one – that I, a name that's out there that I don't see happening would be like Chad Henney, right? I don't see that a possibility, but he's out there, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Chad Henney, that would that would be literally a lateral move with Chase Daniel. And yep. I mean, I'm I'm a Michigan guy. Chad Henney is one of my favorite Michigan players of all time, right? Like, I would I would be I would be cool with that. I would probably get a Chad Henney Bears jersey, but as as a fan, I wouldn't be happy because. Like what? What does that solve? You know, like what's the what's the what's the difference between Chase Daniel and, Ch- and Chad Henney? And I don't I don't think there's any, right? So exactly, so, yeah. Like so, yeah. There, there, yeah. There's just crazy names like that out there that I know won't even crack yeah. our our five list. That yeah, still and, and there's are tons. somewhat viable options, right? And so today's podcast is our top five reasonable options to be the Bears potential next starting quarterback whether they add him via trade free agency or draft this is our top five joe um do you want to start off who 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 do you have on the bottom of your list at the bottom of the list at the bottom and i feel bad because like he's not totally necessarily a bottom quarterback but i'm gonna go with nick Foles. right Nick Foles. okay there, there seems to be some unrest with him in Jacksonville. It seems like Jacksonville's kind of ready to commit to Minshew yes. as their starter. Um, obviously, they brought Foles in, what was it, like four-year 88 mil? Yep. Yeah, so they, they brought him that thinking he was going to be their guy. He gets hurt. Minshew Mania right. starts. So to, to, to trade for him, it would come with a hefty price tag. But, excuse me, um, you know, I, I think Foles, I mean, he, granted, it was lightning yeah. in a bottle, but you don't become Super Bowl MVP by accident. Right. And and if you remember, the Jags signed that big deal because they signed um, John Filippo to be their offensive coordinator, who was the quarterback's coach for the Philadelphia Eagles when Nick Foles did win that Super Bowl. And yep. guess who's the quarterback coach for the Chicago Bears? John Filippo. So, and, and of course, Matt Nagy comes from the Andy Reid tree which also uh, Doug Peterson was um, came from, and Doug Peterson coached Nick Foles. So obviously, it, it makes sense. Like he would fit the system very well. We've seen him win a Super Bowl MVP in this system, and have familiar familiarity with guys on the coaching staff already. So it makes all the sense in the world if you want to add him. But like you said, that's that's a price tag. That's a big price tag for a guy who has been incredibly incredibly up and down his entire career i mean he's gone from being a great rookie 
to an absolute dud and in, in, in St. Louis and uh, and being a backup with the Chiefs to being Super Bowl MVP and now being on the trading block a year after signing this big deal. Like this guy's this guy's journey is incredible. Uh, the only thing, like I said, would be the price tag. That's a lot of money for a team that doesn't have a lot of money to spend. Uh, Especially too, if you're bringing them in, if they really do believe in Trubisky and then bringing them in for competition, that'd be a hefty price tag for possibly someone who ends up staying on the bench. Right. If I'm going to be paying a quarterback $22 million on my roster, he's going to be the starter, right? I'm not going to yep. pay him. I'm not going to pay him how much money to come in and be on the bench. That's just not, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I think there, there's, there's some complex things going on, but I do think that that's a possibility and it could, it could provide a possibly viable option. Yeah. I, and I think so too. And I think it, it makes X's and O's. It makes a lot of sense. And I think the Jaguars, since they came out and publicly said that they are looking to trade Nick Foles, and I think they know that the market is going to be limited because of that contract, I think you could get them for very cheap trade capital. You know, it wouldn't take a whole lot. I think, I think you could trade a sixth rounder for them. I really do. You just have to take on the burden of that contract. So, it would be it would be a tough decision. I think they would have to make some more. Um, moves financially to give them better flexibility to make that move, but it, it would make sense. It would make sense for me. And you know, it's weird. It's that hey, he's number five on my list too, Nick Foles actually. So he's hooked my number five. So why don't you go ahead and go with your number four? Oh, all right. Well, see, there's a real good chance this is your number four too. Um, no, I'll go with this person. Um, so this is the young quarterback, someone who hasn't really had an opportunity, seen a lot of overturn since his since his time in the league. Um, you you got to think that Miami is going to be looking to move on to him. Is speculation, you know, Tua ends up in Miami uh-huh. or something like that. So while it's still an expensive option, I like Josh Rosen. Yeah, yeah, I li- right. I yeah, I like that. Because he's another young guy, sort of unestablished. So to bring him in and kind of have a little bit of a competition, right? Because we still don't know what Josh Rosen, the Josh Rosen, the pro, is made out of, yeah, right? Like yeah, we have no idea. No, he he kind of had a kind of a bad start there in in Arizona, and then for him to just move on from him so quickly, right. um, obviously, I guess you know they brought in a coach and his guy was available, so that's what they went with, which good for them seems to be working out, but right. I, I just think that he, because he's only 23, right? So, yeah. again, yeah. you bring him in for that competition, yeah. there's still plenty of football ahead of him. But if, he, if you decide that he's not the guy or whatever, again, he's an inexpensive option at that point Very to, be, to have on the bench. And I, and I think – I don't think it would take much to trade for him either. You know, no. I think it would be another late pick, you know, whether it's a fifth or sixth rounder, you know, I don't know. But like you said, I would I would really I'm really interested and intrigued to see how Josh Rosen would play in an offensive quarterback friendly system. And for a team that actually wants him and actually really wants to give him a chance, you know, for on a team who actually wants to win, because look at the team, like you said, Arizona and Miami, they didn't want to win and they didn't really I don't think they really wanted him. They felt just kind of stuck with him, you know, and I feel like if he were in a better situation, who knows? You know, he was a, you know, he was a top 12 pick, I think for, for a reason, you know, he's talented, you know, it's not like he's just an absolute bust. I mean, I would, it'd be a really interesting move. I think he would work well with Nagy too. It would would be interesting. What do you think that they would have to give up for him though? Uh, Yeah, I really, I really don't think it's much. Like, okay, so you figure, okay, you're gonna, you're trading with Miami, a team who's looking to rebuild. Right. So yeah, I feel like you could either pile up a few late rounders, or because again, the what the Bears, maybe, maybe a fourth, third round at the highest, right? Yeah. And like, at I the don't highest. think, and I don't think that that's that crazy of a trade because you could take a rookie quarterback at that spot, depending on you know, what yep. year of the draft it is, if it's for this year or next year or something like yep. that. 
So, and, you know, it, it'd essentially be like drafting a quarterback, but here's someone who already kind of knows how the NFL works. Right. Yeah, it would be, I think it would, it would, it would be a good under-the-radar move, I, I, I believe, because, like you said, Miami's going to draft a quarterback, and they already have Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, what's what's the point of keeping Josh Rosen if you're Miami? There There isn't one, right? So, you know, pawn him off to, you know, the, the best seller and I I don't know who's gonna all be interested but it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see because like like we were talking pre-show you know if Tom Brady leaves New England this is gonna be a giant clusterfuck all around the league you know and teams are gonna be scrambling and then there's gonna be a team that's gonna be completely left out and you're gonna look for guys like Josh Rosen and maybe that's New England I mean who who knows right I mean it's the the like it's a, the opportunities are endless. You know, it's 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 insane to think about. Uh, number four on my list is the troll master himself, Derek Carr, out in, out in Las Vegas. Uh, it's obvious that John Gruden is very hot and cold with him. One minute he loves Derek Carr, the next minute he wants to trade Derek Carr and draft a quarterback. And and who knows? Maybe they get Tom Brady. Who knows? And if you get Tom Brady, you have to trade Derek Carr. And of course, he posted a picture on Instagram with Khalil Mack. Just you know, whatever he knows, or if he doesn't know anything, he's just he's just being he's trying to be smooth or smart or something. I don't know, but maybe there's something there. Maybe he knows something that we don't. Uh, but there's got to be interest, I believe. And but the same thing with Nick Foles is Derek Carr is due $25 million next year. And the Bears right now only have, I think, $28 million in cap. And like, how much better is Derek Carr than Mitch? You know, probably a good amount. But is he, if you don't upgrade the guys around Mitch and you just replace him with Derek Carr, I don't know how much better that really makes your team. Because then you have no ability to really upgrade everything around them. And that to me is something that they really have to really have to decide on what they want to do. But I can see Derek Carr would probably be the most talented guy on the block if that were to happen. So again, financially, it would be tough. Trade capital, it would be tough. But there's a history of the Bears and Raiders and making trades. And it could, it could, it could make sense if they, if they tried to go down that road. Yeah, and I think too, like a lot of it, like you kind of touched on that, like a lot of the problems is not just the quarterback; it's a lot of the stuff around it. Yep. But that's, but that's what we're focusing on. And and here I'm gonna, I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit. I don't, I mean, I don't, I mean this slightly seriously, not totally though. But Derek Carr has never really like played in a cold weather city, right? He went to Fresno State, that's in California. Right. He's played in Oakland, that's obviously in California. Now, obviously, they have road games here and there, but we've never seen him in, like, a full, like, eight-game slate of cold weather. Yeah, true. And again, not that these these guys couldn't adapt. They're, they're professionals, but it's something to think about, right? Like, it's a little fun, ha-ha <clears throat> kind of troll-type deal where it's like, well, he's never played in the cold. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... It's interesting, I guess. Uh, I don't. I don't put too much into it. You know. I mean, it. I feel like. I feel like whether he's played in it or not, it's gonna affect everybody, right? I mean, I don't know. It would be interesting. Um, yeah, like it's just something he's not used to. Yeah. Which again, who knows how much of an effect that could have? Could have none, right? It but, could have none. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess Mitch is from Ohio, but he played college in North Carolina, so I mean, it, it's. You know, it's it's tough. Yeah, you know. he's a Midwest kid, though. He's a Midwest kid, exactly. He spent his first 18 years in Ohio. So, I mean, he knows the cold, but still. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting to think about, for sure. I, I did not think about that. I don't know how that would affect him. But and, again, that's like the stupid stuff I think about. And then, right. real quick, before I give my number three, fun fact about Mitch. So, where he went to high school, Mentor, Ohio. Mentor, So yeah. I. Yeah, so I have cousins in Medina, Ohio, which is like another suburb of Cleveland, and their high schools played each other. Oh, wow. Okay. So 
my, a handful of my cousins got a sneak peek of Mitch before he was Mitch. Wow, that's crazy. And did they say anything about like him talent wise? Uh, he they said like he just kind of seemed like run of the mill. Like they didn't. Now Medina's football team, there's a stretch where they weren't very good, so right. they did end up getting torched a few times. But like it was never anything like, oh man, this kid is like jumping out the page at you. Right. Well, I mean, he did win Mr. Football in Ohio. So, and then didn't get offered by Ohio State. I don't know. That's a whole different different conversation. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, who's number three on your list? <clears throat> All right. So, I don't want I don't want to take another one because I know this person's on your list. Um, I almost kind of want to say this next person for just like as a joke's sake. Um, but I'm not going to do it. I was going to say Jameis Winston, but I'm not. <laughs> All right. Um, my actual serious one would be Marcus Mariota. Okay. Yeah. That's, right? Because yeah. he th- there hasn't been a ton of talent around him during his tenure in Tennessee, right? Um, right. I, I think Tennessee was just kind of tired of being stagnant. So when – because was he hurt or it was just a straight-up benching? This season, it was a straight-up benching. Okay, yeah. So, you know, they were kind of stagnant, kind of a spark. I, I yep. don't think that Mariota's chances is, is a QB1 or over. <clears throat> Excuse me. I still like him. He sort of has the prototypical kind of pro quarterback build. Um, he's obviously mobile, which that's something that can kind of be utilized with the Nagy system. Very true. Uh, or, 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 yep. or so we thought, right, because Mitch's right. strength was kind of moving out of the pocket, and then they didn't really ever do that. But right. I think Mariota wouldn't be that expensive. Or no, he's a free agent, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, so even still, I don't think he'd be crazy expensive. You give him like a two tree year deal is almost kind of like a prove yourself, right? Like yep. I don't think – unless he were to really wow then, okay, maybe he's the Bears quarterback of the future and go ahead and extend him. But I think if they were to do like a two, three-year deal – to just test the waters, and if that's something his camp feels comfortable with too, I could see that as a, as a possibility. Because even if he does end up kind of somehow turning into the guy, he's still only 26, right? So there's still right. there's still there's, plenty yeah. of football out there left for him. So yeah, that's uh, in my opinion, that's a move where you could maybe find your quarterback of the future because he is still so young, and that, and I yeah. you know that's kind of different from some of the other guys on this list where. You know, you're only going to have him for a little bit where if you wanted to, you'd probably get eight years out of Mariota. Oh, absolutely. And I think when we're looking at the Bears free agency as a whole and all the boxes they want to check, the the quarterback that makes the most sense is Marcus Mariota. You don't have to pay him a whole lot, and you still get the potential of greatness out of him, you know? I mean, when when he was coming out um, of Oregon, Ryan Pace wanted to trade up for Marcus Mariota. He was begging, but ownership told him no. And then, you know, he went on to have a good couple of seasons, and then he got he broke his leg, and then he hasn't been the same quarterback since. So, you, but you know that he has the talent. And this coaching staff, even though Mark Helfrich isn't here, Matt Nagy did hire him as the offense coordinator for two years. Who was Mark Smirnoff? Was college college coach, so you know that he would fit with Matt Nagy, because if Matt Nagy is going to hire Mark Helfrich, you would think he would he wouldn't mind having Mark Smirnoff as his quarterback either. You know he has familiarity with RPOs, and I and like I said, he's going to be cheap, you know, especially compared to all the rest of these guys. I think you could get him for one year, about. About eight million. I really do. I think a lot like what Ryan Tannehill did last year. I think he got seven and a half or something. I think, I think you could do the same thing with Mark with Marcus Mariota. He's like a one year proof of deal. And if he's your guy, then you extend him. Like the Titans are probably going to do with, with Ryan Tannehill. I I think it it makes the most sense. It gives them the most flexibility to do other stuff around the quarterback position as well. And it provides actual good competition for Mitch. Yep. It, it, it makes sense. And he's not number three on my list. He's actually number two um, on 
number three on my list, I'm going to, to the draft. And oh. I'm taking Jacob Eason. Now, okay. now, before I make this comparison, I'm not saying that this guy's going to be this guy. All I'm saying is where we're at in the draft process right now and the words that are being talked about him right now remind me of this guy. Okay? He right now reminds me of Patrick Mahomes because when Patrick Mahomes was coming out, he was a fringe second, maybe even third round pick. But there was a stigma on him, even though he had the best arm in the draft and that was known. There was a stigma on him because he came from Texas Tech and that system he played in. No, it's not going to translate to the NFL. The numbers are very inflated. He doesn't really read a defense. He's just kind of a system quarterback. You know, even though he has a big arm, he's not going to be able to play in the NFL. And we're kind of hearing a lot of the same things about Jacob Eason. You know, how he comes from Washington and not very many quarterbacks from Washington who were highly regarded have turned out. So he's going to get stereotyped for that and downgraded for that. And Chris Peterson has never, that offensive system, the numbers get inflated. He's had weapons around him. He played in the pack. Like he, he's going to get knocked for all of that, even though he's regarded as having the best arm in the draft. And right now, I think his stock is going way up a lot faster than Patrick Mahomes did. I don't know if he's going to be there in the second round. But if they could potentially trade up in the very, very late first round and maybe draft him, or very early in the second, if he's still there, I'll be all for it. Because I think the potential with him is incredible with that arm strength. He was extremely um, highly touted coming out of high school. You know, Jake Fromm beat him out of, at Georgia after Easton got hurt. It would make sense to me, and I think he could really flourish in the system. And you don't necessarily have to start him right away since he's a rookie. You know, you, you, know, you can wait until Mitch maybe has a hiccup and then put him in. Interesting. Yeah, I don't so hate he, that. Yeah, I think he, he's one of my favorite players in this draft. In terms, in terms of a little bit of a throwback here, speaking of Washington quarterbacks, whatever happened with Jake Browning? Because he was like the man, too. Yeah, he was. And then he completely fell off, didn't he? That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't even know if he's right. in, the, in the NFL. I don't know if he ever even got drafted, did he? Um, I think... I think he was on like a practice, practice squad field, but yeah, I think probably. he went undrafted. But that's crazy. Yeah, because like, I mean, Jake Locker was the same way. He was a top ten pick, and that didn't. Turn I forgot out. about him. I mean, he's gonna get knocked for that. It's not fair to him, but that's what happens. You know, you know, that's what happened to Patrick Mahomes, Texas Tech. You know, so yeah, I and like, I don't hate that move either because, you know, if they feel like he's their guy and they have to trade up for him. I'm fine with that. And, yeah, in terms of he doesn't have to start right away, there'd be no pressure there. He's It would still be inexpensive, right, because at that right. point he's on a rookie deal too. So you, you would be able to then, like, if that's the direction they went and they didn't bring in a veteran, per se, then it's right. like, okay, well, then you can still take that money you didn't spend and try to adjust elsewhere and see exactly. how much better that's going to make Mitch, right, because the offensive line was bad. Yes, Excuse me, there's really no other, like, wide receiver other than Allen Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Because, I, like, I like, Anthony, and, yep. like, I like Anthony Miller, but he's just never healthy, right? Right, so, like, exactly. And when he's healthy, he looks good. I don't know, I don't know how comfortable I feel with him as a wide receiver, too. I really, I really love him as a wide receiver, three. But, you know, who knows? There's a lot that needs to be done to the roster. And I don't know. I, th- I think Easton... I like his potential, and he was asked at he was asked at the combine uh, if the Bears have met with him and spoken to him, and he said, "I don't want to get into all that." <laughs> so that means yes, right? That means the Bears talked to him, right? That has to, that's code for yes, because if if they didn't, he could have just said no, right? He could have just squashed the bug right there. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't hate it. Like I said, it's one of those things where you could see how they develop, and it's the same Absolutely. situation where if you don't feel like he could be it, you just move on from him. Like they would move on from Mitch. 
Absolutely. All right, who is number two on your list? <clears throat> All right, excuse me. Um, my number two, and I don't, this is a reach because I, I don't think that he would want to do something. I think he's either going to end up staying put if there's a promise to him that he's heir to the throne or he goes uh, elsewhere where he's guaranteed to start. But I'm going to say Teddy B. Teddy right? B. Like, I, I, I still like him, right? He was just kind of, he, he was hot there in Minnesota, then unfortunately just tears yeah. up his knee and, yep. and all that horrible stuff. Yep. And in the and in a little bit when he stepped in for New Orleans, you know, we seen what he can do. He led yep. them to what? That was like a, they went on that five and zero stretch with him Thank as you. a starter. Five so and yep. you know, he he can clearly win in the NFL. Oh, um, absolutely. Granted, I guess if there was some of those some of those were divisional games, the NFC South isn't what it used to be. But yeah. still. Like I mean, he, he kicked he, the Bears' ass this year. I mean, yeah, like he proved that he can still play, he can still win, and he's more than serviceable. Again, I don't think that they would be able to get him here if they were like, "Hey, we can't guarantee you a starting job." Right. right? I think that's kind of going to be the bugaboo with trying to get that move done. But if he's willing to kind of compromise or something like that, and his camp and the Bears can kind of work something out, I wouldn't hate that move. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Uh, and, and again, um, a report came out yesterday that the Bucks are really interested in Teddy B, um, which means he would be the starter and replace Jameis. Yeah. Um, and to me, that that makes a lot of sense for Teddy B and Tampa Bay. Uh, so, and and you know they're going to pay him probably a lot more than we can. You know, I I feel like if if we were to go out and sign a quarterback with that price tag. We have to. I think. I think then we have to trade Mitch. I do. And if it's different, if we go out and we create that cap number ourselves and we set the market, it's different than if we traded for a guy like Andy Dalton, who already has you know a cap. You know, and you know that's it's a different vibe. You know. Yeah. Um. So it would be. It would be interesting. I think it makes all the sense in the world, but if you're gonna go that route, what and what 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 do you do with Mitch? Yeah, you know, like, <clears throat> uh, that's, well, and, that's a great question. I don't know. And even even if they were to like keep him on the roster again, it's not like he's expensive to keep around, right? right. But but just <sighs> the kids, the kids, you know, mental being like, how does he handle that? Like. I don't know if you can keep him on the roster. Just, you know, I mean, if we're playing Madden, it, it makes sense. But, you know, you, like, how how is he going to take that? Like, how, how can he get back on the field, like, as, as a bear? Like, that doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, I, I would feel like he would be deserving of just a fresh start somewhere else, you know? Yeah, and like. the case. Then I'm even still, I'm sure that at some point, then if they were to move them, I would think that there'd be suitors, right? It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be crazy um, based upon like where he was taken. I don't think that it would ever be a first rounder, but I, I think there could be a suitor out there if, if the bears were looking to move on from him straight up and then be like, all right, Teddy B's our guy. Cause that's the thing too, is like, he was obviously away from the game a little bit with, obviously with injuries and stuff like that. But he's still only 27, right? So, like, yeah. there's still at least, you know, yeah. six, eight years left of, of serviceable oh, yeah, absolutely. performances out of Teddy B. So that's another example where if they can somehow convince him to come in on a short deal and then you just extend him if they feel like he's their guy. But I don't think, I don't think the situation here is something that he'd be willing to work with. But yeah, I think I it's think an so. intriguing possibility. Yeah, it does. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, number two on my list, as I mentioned earlier, with Marcus Mariota, I already got into that. So let's let's move on to number one, and my number one is the Red Rocket himself, Andy Dalton, quarterback of the Bengals. Uh, to me, it's made sense from the very beginning, and it only added on when they added Bill Lazor as their offensive coordinator. The minute they made that move, it sparked in my mind that. Andy Dalton's going to be the guy that they go after. A guy who has worked with the offensive coordinator, knows the system, is still good, 
Like he he's never gonna be great, but damn, is he pretty good? He could get you to a Super Bowl with the roster you have, and if you add an offensive lineman as well. He's not extremely expensive. He's only $16 million. He's only 32 years old. And it wouldn't take much to trade for him. I think maybe a, a fifth-round pick, I really think that's all it would take. If, because the Bengals have said they want to work with Andy to, to, to ship Andy to where he wants to go and where he wants to be. And I feel like if he's looking at all of his options, outside of New England, I think the Bears are the best option for Andy. And I think they would be very reasonable with Chicago and not get too much. I think it would take a fifth or a sixth rounder. I really do. And the cap, again, is it's an issue. $16 million is it's a good amount. But it does leave you with more flexibility than the other guys you could trade for, like Derek Carr or Alex Smith or Nick Foles, whose cap numbers are much higher. So... To me, it makes sense on the field. It makes sense within the budget. And I think, but as I mentioned earlier, if you bring in Andy Dalton, I think he is a guy with a stature that he's your starter right away. I think he's too good to be the backup. I think he's too good to fight for his starting job. I think he's a starter. I think it would be, I don't think it would be wise to make him have to fight for it. I really don't. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat's all scurry. Um, but but yeah, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with that. That and yeah, it would be weird to bring him in and have him sit on the bench. But it's like okay, so like a lot of these a lot of these options that we've said so far, it almost seems like for them it's kind of starter bust, and that kind of goes with what we've heard from the front office. You know what I'm saying? Right, exactly. So that kind of makes it hard to. Hard to gauge where their head at, ba- their heads are at, based upon what they said. Whether or not you want to wholeheartedly believe what they're yeah. saying, right? That's right. That's that's up for debate there. But yeah, I don't hate it. Um, that familiarity, you know, with Laser Lazar, however you want to say it, um, is is definitely huge, right? Exactly. You and I, and I think looking at Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, that's something that they really value in a backup quarterback, quote-unquote backup quarterback, is having familiarity with the system and coaches on the staff. And here's the weird thing, too. It's like even – I feel like even if they bring in Dalton and he – okay, so say he starts, I still don't necessarily feel like that's them directly moving on from Mitch. Like I think you bring in Dalton, to a certain degree, that could just sort of delay – their period of assessment for what they want to do with Mitch. It, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I think like... you can bring him in and you can still carry them both on the roster. And then, yeah. you know, if they decide to pick up, say, Trubisky's option while Dalton's still under contract, and then if maybe their plan is once Dalton's ready to leave, then Trubisky and then at this point has had time to maybe develop. And, and step in who knows where their mindset would be with that but yeah i definitely do kind of think if you bring dalton is you're bringing him in to be a starter exactly and and i just don't know what i don't know if if you do that with any quarterback i don't know what that does to mitch i really i really don't know like like imagine being mitch like how do you feel like how can you be the leader of the locker room and have everyone support you you know vocally and then that happened, and then you just have to be there and watch it all? I I don't know. I don't know how you can take it. And let's say, like, Andy Dalton does get traded, and he is a starter. And let's say he's either, A, not playing well or gets injured, and they have to bring Mitch back in. Like, like where is he going to be confidence-wise? Like, I don't I don't know. Like, I would, I would want to say and think and believe that He's going to have a giant chip on his shoulder, and he's going to want to prove everyone wrong. But I haven't gotten that vibe from Mitch, you know, during his three years here. I haven't gotten that chip on the shoulder, Mitch, you know, and and I don't know. I don't know if that's in him. I don't know if that dog is in him. You know, it's 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 interesting. I don't I don't know what that would do to him and how that would affect him. I really don't. I got to think at this point, though, like. 
I got to think his confidence has already been sort of wavered though, right? So Absolutely. You know, I got to think that he's, I don't want to say in like a, not a, like a bad, a bad spot, but he's probably not in like a great spot, you know, moving forward. No, but but I think if you had the whole off season and the Bears, let's say only added (sighs) Chad Henney, (laughs) you know, I think he has the confidence that this is my team still. I have to make this right. As if they were to trade for Andy or someone else, it's like, okay, you know, I'm not the guy here. They don't really believe in me. You know, he, I think that edge kind of goes away. I do. Yeah. It, and that's and that's like the tough thing, too, is like where exactly. Because obviously, like, we don't know because it's kept internally on purpose. But we don't, like, it's one thing to, you know, have the public comments and hear that. But we don't know what kind of internal discussions are going on, right? Because oh, no, even not at all. E- even still, what they're saying publicly, publicly could be totally different than what's going on inside of Hallis Hall. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I don't believe anything they really say publicly. I mean, hell, John Fox was the fucking head coach of the team, and he didn't know that they were taking Mitch. Like, like, like I mean, yeah. it, it, we have no idea, you know? I mean, they signed Mike Glennon to $18 million, and they took a quarterback at the second overall pick. Like, we, we have no idea. But based off of everything that all the moves they've made, it looks like they should be interested, extremely interested in Andy Dalton. Like it makes it makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. Who's uh who who's your number one? All right. Well this is an extreme long shot, right? But again, this this okay. would be another move where this dude is your starter. Like there's no question if you were to bring him in. But because there seems to be a little unrest, I still kind of think his price point is way too high, and he, there's no way he could get what he'd be looking for in Chicago. So he'd have to be willing to come down with that. But Dak Prescott, I think, possibly is definitely an intriguing option. Again, yeah. at that point, that's someone you bring in oh. to start, right? So at definitely. that point, if a move like that is made, like you may as well just cut Mitch from his misery and, and trade him, and Dak's your guy, right? Because there'd be... No yeah. sense to keep Mitch on the roster if you bring in None. someone like that. And again, I think his price point that he's looking for, that $40 million, I think that's way too high. Um, I understand, I guess, some of his criteria. Would that be the right word? We're going to just roll with it. Criteria like for it, right? Like, But I right. just don't think he hasn't accomplished much yet to already be looking like that. Like When you look at like guys who have that type of money uh, – you know Russell or Russell Wilson, he's right. he's done something he's right. Done Been to a it, Super yeah. Bowl twice, won one. Like so, he's deserving of that kind of pay bump, that kind of payday. Where I kind of think that Dax almost overvaluing himself, which could maybe be a good thing, right? Maybe that would give whichever team more leverage than Dak. Yeah, uh, you know, you you brought this up in the in the our previous recording that did not come out. Uh, and that I just, I don't know, I can't think of a scenario where Dak gets out of Dallas. I, I don't know. Like, I just, what, what does Dallas do? Like, they, they, have, they have to feel that if there's any, if they have any feeling that Dak might leave or they can't reach a deal, he, he's got to get the franchise tag, right? Like they have to keep them there. They have to. They don't. They don't have really. They don't really have another choice, right? Like, unless they were to get, unless they were the, unless somehow, they were able to sign Tom Brady, and if they were to sign Tom Brady, they could then trade Dak, obviously, and whatever they trade Dak for. They could use in a package to maybe trade up and get a quarterback in this draft. Maybe a guy who already said that he would play for the Cowboys and sit for a couple of years in Tua. That would make sense. I don't know how I don't know how he hits the open market though. I don't I don't see that. I really don't. Yeah. 
excuse me, it's just like thinking through like the scenarios that you just laid out, right? Like it would take a lot for them to move up to get Tua. Yep. So we'll just, you know, we'll say that that isn't a strong possibility. Right. Even if, you know, you know, I guess I could see Brady wanting to go there, right? You go from one Death Star organization to the next. Right. Um, obviously, Jerry Jones is the evilest of all empires and how he Absolutely. runs this team. That's no secret. So he would get along there if that were to happen. But, yeah, I again, if he if he can somehow come down, because I don't think he wouldn't require a trade, would he? Unless he was franchised and then, like, traded I, it, like, before the deadline. Because, like, he's just a straight-up free agent, I thought, though. He, he is. But... I I feel like the number that the Bears would offer him is lower than the, what the Cowboys are, are already offering him. Yeah, you know that doesn't. That yeah, doesn't make it, sense. And it, yeah, if, that's if free agency starts and he is not under contract, they're just gonna tag him until they can get that contract done. You know, I I, I don't I don't see unless the. If they if the Cowboys were instead to use a franchise tag on Amari Cooper and then weren't able to franchise Dak, then maybe he hits the open market. But then even then, I don't I just don't see him leaving. I don't I can't find that scenario. I just can't. And and again, I somewhat agree with you to a, to, to an extent, but I think if any again, I don't know with how he's negotiating who holds the leverage. Yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, like if it's continues to be like what he asked for, I got to think that that gives whatever organization all the leverage. So, okay. yeah, because then because then say say they they franchise um, Amari or something like that, right? And then uh-huh. they're like, yeah, we'll we'll commit to you long term. Well, then how is that going to make Dak feel right? Like even if he right. gets franchised for the year, and it's like if you know. It, if it's not blatantly obvious that he's going to be part of their future plans, which you would expect him to be. Right. You know, I think to then kind of create some bad feelings where it's like, well, what the hell you extend, you know, uh, you extend, yeah, Yeah. literally everybody but (laughs) Dak. So it's like, does that kind of animosity then at some point kind of allow him to take a discount where it's like, okay, fine. Then if that's how it's going to be, I'll just go play elsewhere. Right. And I, and I could see that because, the only quarterbacks to ever be franchised have left that franchise. Like it doesn't go well when you franchise tag a quarterback like that. It, it doesn't boil over very well. I mean, like we saw with Kirk Cousins in Washington, it doesn't, it doesn't work, right? It, you can't, you can't do that to your guy, your quarterback and expect him to be happy long-term. You just can't. Um, yeah. And I'm never going to, like, knock a guy for wanting to get his money, right? Because you nope. obviously have a limited time. So, like, I'm all on the player side of that standpoint. But I think he's just trying to get too much from anybody, right? Like, he's just yeah. sort of overvaluing himself, which sounds bad. I think so. But that yeah. kind of seems like that's what's going on. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Can I, can I ask you a question before, before we end this, before we wrap this up? Yep. Who do you... Who do you really feel like the Bears are going to bring in? Like, I, I honestly yeah. think that it's going to end up somehow either being Derek Carr or Andy Dalton. If, if they do actually bring somebody in, right? Like, who knows what they're actually thinking. Um, if you don't bring somebody in and you go for, like, again, you go to the draft. <clears throat> excuse me. You go to the draft where at some point you are committed to Mitch still, but there is that little bit of, you know, breath on the back of his neck. Um, right. But, but I, I, I do think realistically, if it is bringing in a veteran, it's going to be Dalton or Carr. And this is just like another kind of little ha ha to a certain degree. Cause I, I like, I love John Gruden, but are we sure he's got the ability to like actually scout quarterback talent? Uh, I mean, no, he, he hasn't done it yet. since. Like this back. is a dude. Like, this is a dude who is in love with Nathan Peterman. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the amount of backup quarterbacks he's brought in to Oakland already is just insane. I I don't know. I, I, I mean, he, he was a quarterback guru in the early 2000s. That's for sure. But the game has changed. And has he evolved with it? I, I don't know. 
I really don't know. So it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting what Oakland does because it seems like there's been rumors around Derek Carr for the past three years, you know. So I don't I don't know. But I like where your head is at with Andy Dalton and Derek Carr. I would put Mariota in there as well. I really I re- I really think it's between Dalton and Mariota. I could see Derek Carr too. But man, uh, I I if I had to lean anywhere, it would be I think it would be Marcus Mariota. I think he would be my betting favorite right now, I think. And I think too like Mariota's like I think has the highest reward possibility. Right. Like you know, in that terms of like low risk high reward, I think he ultimately has the highest. And mm-hmm. again, he's also then at that point the youngest of the bunch where it's like if you like what you see, then right. Go ahead and extend him, and okay, now he's you know he's your guy for the future. Where right. it's like, not that Carr or Dalton couldn't be guys of the future, but right. their Carr is a little younger at twenty nine, but with Dalton at thirty two, it's like, yeah, it's how much be interesting? Yeah, how much quote unquote are you willing to go all in on somebody in that stage of their career? Right, right. like they're they're definitely still at the peaks, right? Like they haven't started to decline. But that's right. we know that's coming, right? Where Mariota still has some peak left in him. I don't even think that he's really hit it yet. Right. And I'm just just going off the top of my head and looking at a lot of these guys who are available. Derek Carr, zero playoff wins. Andy Dalton, zero playoff wins. I don't think Derek Carr's been to the playoffs. I think he got hurt before they before uh-huh. he before he got there. Because remember, Connor Cook started that game. Okay, you sure game. you sure Carr's never played in like at least like a wild card game? I know that the I, Raiders haven't been that great. Right? Yeah, like I don't think so. They had that huh. one really hot year where people thought they make maybe make a Super Bowl run, and Derek Carr broke his leg, and Connor Cook came in and it just was awful. <laughs> I I don't yeah, so I don't think he's ever played in one. Dalton has zero wins. Um. Alex Smith, you know, he's been their playoffs a lot. Yeah, I um, see. For, for me with Smith, I don't think that he's worth worth that risk, right? Yep, I don't think so either. And, and Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl, you know, so that's going to, you know, it's a lot of these guys come with different experiences. It's, it's, it's really, it's going to be crazy. These next two weeks, the buildup is going to be absolutely insane going into free agency. And then the first couple weeks of free agency are going to be insane. And then there's going to be a lull. And then the draft is going to come and it's going to be just absolutely chaos all over again. It's going to be, it's going to be insane. And we have one of the most aggressive GMs in football with Brian Pace. It's going, to be, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I feel like he's got something up his sleeve, or at least I hope he does have something up his sleeve and isn't putting all of his chips still in on Mitch. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know, but it's going to be interesting one way or another. Now, I'm, I'm going to throw a name out here. He's been linked to the Colts, so I don't really think it's a real po- <clears throat> possibility, but could be interesting. What about even almost like a Phillip Rivers, right? Like, where I would, would you stand with that? I would hate it. I really would. I, 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 I don't, I, I think Phillip is washed up. I really do. I mean, watching, watching the Chargers last year. He doesn't look like he can throw the ball downfield anymore, like at all. You know, I mean, he, and he's he's always been a little reckless, but last year the recklessness was still there, but he didn't have the arm strength, which led to even more interceptions. And I don't, yeah, I love the experience and I love, you know, the intangibles that comes with him, but he's going to be a lot of money for a guy who I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's, I think he's on an extreme downward spiral. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with the, with with blah, blah, blah. I don't necessarily disagree with that. That was just sort of like a fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but even him, even for like Indianapolis, like seeming again because he's been connected to them to be all in on yep. him. It just seems weird that like because it seemed like they liked Jacoby Brissett, and I have nothing wrong with him, but it just seems weird at that point where if they would be like. Okay, let's bring in Phil Rivers. Now that's yeah. a different team, and that could be a different discussion for a different episode. But then it's like, what is what kind of message does that then send to Brissett? 
when he was given sort of the blessings and support of the of the franchise yeah. once Andrew Luck retired. No, granted, be, yeah. it was a sudden thing where it's not like Indianapolis really had a choice, right? Because it, it, you know, from the from the surface, it seemed out of the blue. Who knows how many people knew about Andrew Luck's retirement? But right, you know. So I think Philip Rivers is kind of an interesting name that you could throw out there. It is, and it's it's int- what I what's really odd about Philip is that he's only been linked with the Colts. It seems like like there's been yeah. no other team really. So it's like, hmm, if the Colts were really the only team reportedly out there for Philip, like why why are they so all in on him? Like if no one else really wants him, why are they so all in on him? You know, I don't, I don't know. That's some like you said we can get into later because there's so many quarterbacks out there. So many different scenarios, you know, not just with the Bears, but all around the league that are really, really, really intriguing. So, but like you said, we can get that, we can get into that at a different time. Hopefully, this podcast will be available to download and upload to everyone so that they can listen, unlike last time. I mean, <laughs> um, so yeah, like you mentioned earlier, we recorded this last week, this just about the same one, same topic, and it didn't. It didn't download for some reason. So, sorry about that. <laughs> yep, no, that was definitely yeah. definitely strange, but I suppose that's part of the learning curve. Absolutely. All right, well, that will conclude our list and our rankings of the top five reasonable options for Bears starting quarterbacks next year. Um, again, this is Bear with us. I'm Jordan Jensen. Ben Joe Blansky. And we'll talk to you later.